This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get up. Get, get up. Get up. All right. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast, episode number 128. Strip the band-aid off. This one's this. This series was, I think, without a doubt, the worst series of the year. And we've been very, very positive Mets fans, and we still are. I don't think either of our confidence on the team has wavered, but there's no doubt that the Mets played bad this series and haven't been playing as sharp as they have all year. So this episode, we're going to talk about this Cubs series. We're not going to talk about the games too much. We're going to talk about more so the narrative of what's gone on because I think that's more important. We can't dissect every single play. There wasn't a lot. The Mets didn't lead, I think, for the entire series. So there's not really a whole lot to dissect. I mean, David Peterson had a rough start. Jake DeGrom wasn't necessarily his sharpest. He still was good, but so great. E- even then, it's not worth going as deep into every game as we have in the past. Instead, we're just going to kind of have a conversation over the next half hour, 45 minutes. We never end up going that quick, but maybe this will be the episode. You guys will know when you're listening to this or watching us. Remember, if you are enjoying what you like, or if you're enjoying what you see over here, drop us a follow on all our social media, at MetsUp on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go over to the New York Mets YouTube channel, drop a subscription, go watch it over there. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, drop us a rating, drop us a review, subscribe, download. We do appreciate it. And after a rough series, I think we could we could use a review or two. It would, it would make us feel better, but... James, we're here in the control room. We've spent the lot. We were with each other for two of these three games. I was and here for all three. Yeah, you were here for all three. It's tough. We've been That's here. Tough. Yeah, as, as bad as it gets. We've been here nine hours today. It's been a long day. I mean, we did start off the day great, just on some positive news and a little insight for you guys. Uh, we still have the Max Scherzer inter- interview that's coming at some point once he comes off the IL. And then we have Naquin, I believe, dropping later this week. So that's going to be really exciting. Canada, too. We also talked to Howie Rose today for about 40 minutes. It's like going to be like a full bonus episode. It was absolutely incredible. James, I know he's like a, uh, I, I don't want an icon, a role model. Oh, yeah, he's an idol. Yeah, he's an idol of yours. And we had a really, really good conversation. So positive news. There's a lot, a lot of really good content coming at you. Today's going to be good content, too. It's just we have to talk about the ugly right now, and that is the way the Mets played against the Chicago Cubs because it was – it was pretty bad. I don't I don't think there's really any way to paint it better than that. This is the first episode literally of the entire season where there's almost nothing positive to even pull. Like Look, we can't really say anything concrete that happened this series to be like, yes, this was good or this was this was this, this was that. Like the bullpen pitched pretty well overall. Pete is probably getting a little bit hot, but just overall, like you just take all the three of these games together and there's very little that we can you know, be like our usual selves and be like, yeah, but we had this and this will regress to that. It's just, it's not, you don't feel like that right now. And while it's not really that cool in a vacuum, and some Mets fans probably have that weird empty feeling right now that yeah. they felt a lot in the past couple of years, it's not something that you should be feeling overall about the state of this team. It's really just a collection of bad games here more than anything else. Yeah, the timing is unfortunate for when it's happening because in baseball specifically, I mean, any sport really, if you play a little bit colder or you have your down... Sh- downstretch towards the end of the year people like to throw around different words as to what is going on like what collapse choke and 
we're trying to tell you guys that it's okay to be upset with the way that the Mets are playing, but like it's it's just simply not this yeah. collapse or this choke that is happening. The Mets are not playing well, for sure. And this is the easier part of the schedule, which is also like the war. I, the narrative is so annoying. But that's like almost like the most hilarious and ironic part of this whole thing. It was like the Mets had to get through their schedule to walk to September, and then you kind of just throw your gloves on the field, and they'll probably just get through and figure it out. And now somewhat the exact opposite has happened. The Mets played these incredible stre- this incredible stretch during August, late July, against some of the best teams in baseball, the yep. Dodgers, the Braves, the Phillies. I mean, we have a winning record against the Dodgers this year. We have a winning record against the Braves. We've dominated the Phillies. Like, all these really good teams. And this is... Don't forget I feel the like, Cardinals. Don't forget the Cardinals, too. Yeah, like, I feel like the really confusing part about what's going on right now, on the field, off the field, fan base, whatever it is, it's just that everybody feels so, so tight right now. I mean, on the field, off the field, everybody just, there's a lot of pressure right now. And I get it, the division is super important. I want to win the division. I don't want to play in wild card round. If we can avoid it at all costs, I would love to. But the idea that, like, this team isn't good now because of how they played over the last, what, 15, 20 games? 30 games, 530 games. Yeah, it's just... It's weird because we've seen, what, 100-plus games of them playing exceptionally good baseball. So, And he, and even in those 30, like if you're going to take everything on a one-game sample, the 16 wins have all been pretty good wins. I mean, we had some good smacking arounds of teams. The Dodgers sprinkled in there. We won a series against them. It's just, it is frustrating. It's definitely frustrating having watched what just happened this past uh, weekend. Weekend? What, are we, what day Wait, is it? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. I don't even know. Turning into Thursday. Yeah, it's turning into Thursday. When the Mets play like that, I kind of lose track of time. It's... <laughs> I don't know. It's it feels very strange, and I know we've been talking about it for the last few hours, but something is is a little off. But I'm not worried. Like people are worried, and I feel like that's crazy. It was just, I don't know. I think the words like bizarre and some things that have happened that kind of were like a prelude to this. One was, and we mentioned it last episode, like Max Scherzer leaving his start two weeks ago. Yeah, it kind of seemed to take the air out of the Mets' sails at least for a moment in time. It definitely made them play worse that series. Mm-hmm. It was also over Labor Day. It was a weird feeling series. Then the Starling Marte injury news that kind of trickled out slowly, and now it's turned into him missing a few weeks here. And I think that's probably one of the huge things that we're missing right now is Starling Marte's bat in this lineup. Like he was so good for this team all year. He was an all-star. He had been one of our best offensive players, and now you go from losing a guy who's hitting second in your lineup every single day, guaranteed playing great outfield, out in right field. You're losing an all-star, and now you're replacing him with guys that are still good, but it's just it's not to the level of Starling Marte. So you, you lose your two-hitter, and now the guy slots into the seven or eight spot. Like there, there is a big difference. He makes this lineup so much deeper, and I think when you lose a bat like his, as you can see, it just it makes almost every at-bat feel more valuable, more pressure, just because you almost have less of the the good at bats coming. I don't know. It's also, it's been like good days and bad days without those middle days that you can always hang your hat on when a team is good. You can just kind of hit that middle ground. Like yeah. I was talking to a fan on Twitter yesterday, just like trying to interact with people, see how people were feeling. I knew they were feeling bad, but trying to see if I could make anyone feel better. And he was like, the offense has been really bad in September. And as of yesterday, the Mets have scored the fourth most runs in all of baseball in September. That's, Which is funny, but then yeah. you, when you look at it more closely again, and they four of those 12 games they played in September to have the fourth most runs in the league, 37 runs were scored, yeah. which is the bulk of them. So it's like the hot and the cold going back and forth, the hot and the cold, instead of that like nice middle ground, that floor that we've relied so much on for the Mets this year. Just weird. Feel it's just I don't know. It's also this is the, like these are the dog days of a baseball season. We yeah. haven't had like a hotly contested September since 2016. No, like it's been a long time since we had meaningful baseball games. Now players, fans, everybody alike. Well, it's like if you would have told us at the beginning of the year, 89 wins at this point in September, 
you're you're in the you're in the race for first place. Half a game half a game up. You're leading. You're leading. You're leading defending world champion Braves. Yeah, in case everyone forgot, we still are technically in first place. Now I'm I'm not happy about being a half a game up. I'm not gonna take that as a big, you know, reward. Like, ooh, half a game up, but the Mets are still in first place. So yeah, I, I would have signed up for that. If you told me on opening day this would be the Mets record, this is where they would stand on September fourteenth, I'd take it every time, but I do understand why it feels different because of the team had played so well all year. Like you said, this is really the first time they've had a stretch where they haven't been playing really, really top-level baseball. Well, this is the first time they've been swept in a three-game series, and it's September 14th. Yeah. The first time it's swept in a three-game series. Like, that's a pretty unbelievable thing to think about. And then a lot of people think about baseball in terms of halves. The Mets this year went 58-35 and 35 in the first half, and even after Wednesday night's loss, they're 31-20 and 20 in the second half. Well, and what makes that so funny, too, is when you compare it to the Braves, because, I mean, that's what it is, guys. It's Mets-Braves. We know that. Everything. Everything is Mets-Braves right now. Like, the Braves have been super, super hot. We know that. But when you compare their first and second half records with the Mets, shockingly, it is almost identical. The Braves are 56 and 38 in the first half, 32 and 17, or 32 and 18 now, maybe after the loss today, in the second half. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, <laughs> well, no, I know that they lost. Yeah. I don't know if I counted this in the stat that I yeah, wrote yeah. down. But the Mets and the Braves basically all year have been playing dead even baseball outside of when the Braves had that like awful start to the season the first two months and then they got crazy hot. But even still, and that's kind of what the Mets have done now in their last 30 games, kind of going 500 similar to the Braves in their first 30. So it's a combination of like the Mets aren't playing their best baseball right now. The Braves are playing good. But really, as a whole, these are both just really good teams that are battling it out. It's just, again, the timing allows for the narrative to be spoken about, which is losing games in September, which Mets fans love to bring up, which... Well, we've talked about this before. Mets fans, and we all know, there is PTSD. Without a doubt. And, like, we have seen some bad stretches of teams. We have seen, especially the last four or five years, teams kind of get progressively worse as seasons have gone on. Yeah. And it does feel like that relatively for this team, but in this team, like, the getting worse is going from, like, a 680 winning percentage to, like, a 60 winning percentage. (laughs) Yeah. So, that is, everyone's right. It is getting worse for sure. Like, one guy tweeted at me last night, like, open your eyes. Have you never watched the Mets before? And I'm like, what? What? Have you not watched them, like, this season? Like, it's different. Like, there's, but that's PTSD. That's trauma. That's people who've been affected by things in their past and are letting it kind of affect the things in their future. Definitely. You can't do that. And then we had one Mets fan, I think, just something we want to break down. Some. Yeah. Some jerk. I don't even want. To, I don't even <laughs> want to give him a na- name right now. But he basically said that if you don't think that this season reminds you of 2007, you're not paying attention. And it took, and it took that a, guy. Yeah, that guy has not even the faintest idea what he's talking about. It took me. It took all all the strength in my body to not go absolutely nuclear on him on tw- Twitter because instead I, I put it into the notes here for you guys who are listening because Twitter. I don't, I don't need to be on Twitter right now talking about the Mets because anybody who's coming at you is just is really, really down the dumps, and I don't really, I don't really care to see that. But the 2007 Mets guys, if, for those of you who don't remember, obviously they had the, the, the collapse. That was a collapse for sure. It was one of the worst collapses literally in the history of the sport. Seven games with 17 left. The Mets in 2007 had 88 wins as a team. How many did they have this year, James? 89. 89. So the team already is, is better, without a doubt. Not to mention that the last time the Mets were up seven games was on August 10th, which is not that close. So like 35 days ago. 35 days ago. And it's again, it's not because the Mets are really playing bad. The Braves are also playing good baseball. Yeah. Like, I feel like to compare the 2007 team to the 2022 team, you have to have just like been in a coma for, for 15 years. 
and like wake up and be like, oh my god, like I don't know anything. Like it, they're they're not the same. They're not even close to the same. But it's kind of like if you're if you do think like that, it's almost like you've been watching this entire season, like this very good team, one of the best statistically speaking, best teams of most of our lifetimes, with a lens on where you're like. You're again trying to anticipate this horrible feeling. You're trying to expect it. You're you're almost like eager to see it, and that's that's just no way to even go through life. No, and we talked about this too when we were watching the game. Like the negative, and I'm not normally like a negative energy person, but there's been like a lot of people, and it feels like there are some Mets fans. I know you guys listen at home. You're not part of this, but you can probably appreciate what we're gonna say. You probably have a friend who thinks like this. yes, you definitely, or an uncle at the absolute yeah, worst. Yeah. People like want to see this team not do well so that they can say, I told you, and I don't understand that. There are, there are active Mets fans who are like, I knew this team was going to be like this. But they, the thing that they're claiming they knew isn't even correct. They don't know what they're talking about. And it, that's like the most frustrating is because, not that our job is to like tell you guys what's right and wrong or like to be you know the, the voice of any re- reason, but it is frustrating to be active on like social media or talking to, to Mets fans at times and them not understand that this is so catastrophically different. Yeah, and we're not also saying like this team and this stretch is without fault. Like yes. there are plenty of players we wish were playing better. There are plenty of things that we wish went the other way. There's there's just certain circumstances that every Mets fan knows are not exactly perfect right now. It's we're, clear and obvious. We're frustrated just like you guys, but it's a Upset. different it's a different kind of frustration. It's not a frustration of this team is terrible, we're done. It's just a Man, it would have been nice to be playing better. Like, can you imagine if we were the Milwaukee Brewers right now? Like, they... The Milwaukee Brewers have literally catastrophically collapsed over the last <laughs> six weeks of the season. They yeah. traded someone who's been one of their best players for the last handful of years. Their actual best player for the last handful of years on off. Like, Chris, they traded Josh Hader. Christian Yelich, who's been one of their best players, former MVP player, has completely cratered. He's now become basically what a, a different version of what he was like six years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. They're not getting any production from most of their offensive team. They, like, move after move, you've seen them kind of cut costs and try to be agile to try and maintain the playoff race. And it's literally going to cost them their playoff spot. It's probably going to cost people their jobs. And it's, go, it's, it's kind of, I'm sure it's frustrating the fans of that team. This isn't a collapse, like, I, this, isn't, collapse. This, this isn't anything remotely like that. Like, that's a team that's collapsing. This is just a team that's kind of in a swoon. Swoon, that's a yeah, good word. Yeah, it's a swoon. It's, it's a September swoon instead of the June swoon, yeah, which we exactly. mentioned earlier in the year. I think the Mets came in with, like, a three-game lead in September. Like, we had, like, what, three-game, two-and-a-half-game lead the All-Star break. Yeah. It's so, basically the same. I, it's just the narrative is annoying, and we are with you guys. Again, this stinks. The series, this series terrible. stinks. It's such a bad series. You can tell because we have not even talked about a single, really, inning of this entire no. series. We don't want to, really. I mean, like, Michael Hermosillo running four feet out of the baseline. That was really annoying. Him yeah. also making two amazing plays, crashing into the center field walls, frustrating as hell. Personal Freddy. Uh, he, he really put on a show. All, literally all Mark's fault. Mark the, and Hermosillo, our friends, posted the picture on Twitter with him. He's been yeah. connected with him for years. Yeah, I've known. He's a real jerk. A, he's, whoa, I won't call him a jerk. He's I'll a good guy. A he's a good guy. I'm he, sure he's a good guy, but to me, very he's a jerk nice right guy. now. He's a very nice guy. But... If I didn't have any personal connection to him, he'd be going on that Ender and CR yeah. list you guys know all about because be, the, be an RF. the bunt with two strikes. And actually, uh-huh. I spoke to him before the game, too, which is funny. I will, tell, I will say that coming off of the bench cold with an 0-2 count and dropping a perfect bunt down, that was impressive. Well, that's what I want to talk about because yeah. being friendly I'm, I'm, with a him. A 99-mile-an-hour heat. I talked to him, and I was like, before the game today on Wednesday, and I was like, hey, like, first off, stop. Like, stop doing this against us, please. Play worse. But also, you know, congrats. But at the same time, I'm like, how did you feel going from the bench to being like, oh, I'm down 0-2 to Jacob DeGrom. What do I do? He's like, oh, the bunt was such a great idea. He's like, because if I get out, it's not negative to me. It goes to Rafael Ortega. (laughs) But if he gets the hit, it's positive to him. He ended up getting the error. He's appealing it to Major League Baseball because he's like, 
boy, oh boy, do I want to hit against probably the greatest pitcher I'm ever going to face in my lifetime. His, his batting average is also like 088, so I'm sure he wants to get that one hit <laughs> to bump it up to the triple digits. But yeah, he had he had a good series. Also, uh, that whole inning just was kind of a microcosm of what happened this series. A little bit of the, the, the series we're going to talk about because last Diaz blew that call like crazy. Yeah, and the Cubs are just playing like this really like annoying, frustrating brand of small ball that bumped up the first base line that Pete kind of hesitated and threw the ball on the wrong side of the plate. They got a couple seeing eye singles against Degrom, like a sack fly. Like it was just that was it. If you felt like kind of deflated, you heard Degrom talk about after the game how disappointed he was with his outing. When I think he still had like twenty four whiffs or something. Yeah, right, baseball still great. Yeah, on Tuesday still was incredible. Bumped his ERA up from like one six to like two one. Yeah, it's just it was just very frustrating beginning to end. The whole series was like that. We had plenty of chances to score in all three of these games. It felt like anytime we actually got something going, someone hit into a double play. Yeah, a lot. And of they were often plays. sharp hit double plays as well. Mm-hmm. Like couple tonight, like right before Pete hit that eighth inning home run, Lindor hit a scorcher that was double play. What was the Nito uh, had a ninety seven mile an hour double play too? You had the stats on the like ground balls, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Pull that up because right now because like it feels like there's been a crazy amount of double plays recently since August first. The Mets have the sixth lowest ground ball rate in all baseball. Which is kind of shocking. It I is. was I was taken back when you told me that because yeah, I thought it'd be higher. I w- I definitely expected to be like in the top ten because it feels like we're hitting the ball on the ground a lot and into double plays, which is going to happen at times. Double plays are part of the game. We also have the fifth lowest pop up rate. Interesting. Since so, August first, so a lot well. of line drives. We're hitting a lot of line drives and fly balls. The exact things you want to hit to be advantageous to yourself. Yeah, as a it's, hitter. it's just it stinks. This this stretch stinks. I don't really know how else to say it. Like, if you guys want us to scream and yell and say all yeah. the, the, the nonsense that's, like, completely overreacting, that's not going to be us. That's never really been us. I mean, the Mets are still literally, like, on the doorstep of clinching a playoff berth, and to not appreciate that I think would be incorrect and kind of yeah. foolish. Like, it's not like everything's falling apart in front of our eyes. It really is not. Like, the worst-case scenario is that we have three home games in the f- first full weekend of October. Which, and the Mets have, That's not great, but it's fine. Yeah, and, I mean— how many three game series have we lost this year? I think I think the f- six now. Like, and we've won how many? Like all the other ones, countless other ones. So, like, I like our chances even then, but yeah, I don't want to play the wild card game at all. I would, I really, really want to win the division. And of course, that's still not even anything close to a foregone conclusion. We're in first place. We're literally in first place We're right in now. First place. First place right now. You would think that the Mets are ten back. You literally. really would. The you way think, some people you are think reacting. That we're like the Red Sox right now. We're like the Brewers. Yeah. We're the Angels. And completely falling by the wayside. Listen, like we get it. There's there's some bad juju going on right now. But throughout the game today, because we were watching and it was it was pretty much over from the first setting. Dave Peterson didn't give us much of a great start. It happens. Whatever. Trevor Williams did a great job in relief. Shout out to Trevor Williams. Shout out to Trevor Williams. Dude's, oh my god. Dude's he an absolute struck stunt. out what six in a row at one point? Yeah, six in a row. Struck out what eight? John, I think. John, what was the stat on Trevor Williams? Uh, he struck out six in a row. That was the longest span of his career. He also had eight strikeouts out of the bullpen. That was tied for the second most by any Mets reliever in a relief outing in team history. And he had 15 whiffs, which were his most in any outing this season. So big shout-out, Trevor Williams. Huge. And especially on the doorstep of another four-game series, no off day, to have him come in and throw legitimate bulk, save a good portion of his bullpen when David Peterson was only able to get, was it one out or two outs? One out. He was only able to get one out. That one out... Of course, a strikeout. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> the, Mets, the Mets struck out the first eight outs the Mets actually got on Wednesday were strikeouts, which was just a really funny caveat to a chaos game. But big ups to Peterson for giving the bullpen a break, a breather. Williams. 
Williams, you're right. I think yeah, Trevor yeah. Peterson. Wow. Trevor Peterson, yeah. All right, that'd be, that would be a hell of a pitcher. It's, it's midnight. Woo. It's midnight on Wednesday night. We've been but here too. Yes, it's for a while. <laughs> but that's that's what we do for the content. That's what we do for you guys. Uh, uh, whatever, we're done. We're done. Yeah, it's just... Uh, Any, anything else we want to talk about from this year is we sat in the City Pavilion. Yeah, City Pavilion is a really cool spot to cool. watch a game. Swivel seats, like benches with cup holders. Really cool spot to watch a game. Unlimited alcohol. Yeah, you pay for it, but well, yeah, you pay for. I guess you pay for beer, it. beer and seltzer. We were given the tickets from a friend, which was yes. nice. That was really cool. Shout out Mike. Shout out Mike. Yeah, shout out Mike. Uh, if you guys are FIFA players, you know who Mike is. But uh, yeah, so today we had a lot of time, like we said, because the game was over in the first inning. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the game got, got close-ish, it did. But like, I know it feel it never felt like it. It, it, it felt like it for a second, yeah. and then we a couple, got the a couple play. different seconds, and then Pete hit the home run, and it was like, oh, oh my god, like what could have been? But okay, I don't want to talk about it anymore because. We're done with that now. We're done being sorry. We're done being upset. The Mets have another series coming up, and games they have an opportunity tonight. to win a bunch of games against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So during this, we are like, we got to change up the juju. We got to do a bunch of different things. You guys know. I'm going to pull it out now. You guys know about the rally bun. It's still here. Uh, it was in the freezer. Two I think weeks. we've made the conscious choice. Yeah. Uh, this is John, it's shockingly, the guy who talked about being not superstitious at all. Is the one who's fighting for it to stay alive? No, but that's that's not true. What you, I'm fighting for is consistency from you. No, it's, it's, you have to no, know no, when to, it's, it's being able to adapt. Adapt yeah. or die, John. Yeah, that's yeah. life. Is that what this is? You have, to, you have to know sometimes. It became unlucky when we the magic runs out. out. Yeah, when the magic runs out, you you know it's time. And listen, everything's got an expiration date. Bread included. Oh, and you freeze it. No, no, no. John, <laughs> oh, you want to you want a bite? The vibes expired. Uh, Would you take a bite, John? Would if I it's, take a if, bite? If, How about this? If I bit into that right now for vibes for. Three out of four. Would you sign for that if I bid into that thing right now? If you buy into this yeah. and the Mets win tonight, yeah. when you guys listening to this, yeah, it's sticking. Yeah, pass it over here. Oh my God, I'll take one for the team. No, the way. rally bun. I've been to the dentist in a while, so hopefully, uh... this is from the Dodgers series. <laughs> Definitely thawed by now. Oh All yeah, right, here we go. Johnny Buns over here. Let's go, Mets, baby. Wow, John's doing it <laughs> for the content. We're back. All right, we're back. The rally bun's back. Put it back in the freezer. All right. Keeping it. All okay. Right. Wow. Okay. That was, wow. Dr- that was dramatic. But you shift. know, but you know what? This is stuff that we were talking about. Yes. We have to change the energy. We have to Too change stuff. the vibes. It was Islander night at the park. I suggested we cut the wings off of Sparky, who yeah, is I, the Islanders' mascot. He's a dragon. I considered putting them in a soup, maybe eating it as yeah. like some kind of like there a sacrificial be, event. Like we probably can't sacrifice like anything that's actually live. But no. Sparky, the yeah. mascot, I think. Cutting off, nothing that big should be able to fly. I suggested sending some kind of a possum or raccoon carcass to Atlanta. Yeah. I think that's a good move for us possibly right now. Maybe like if you guys usually put your right shoe on before your left shoe, maybe just this weekend switch it up. You know, change it yeah. up. Maybe if you like to wear black socks, start wearing white socks for a couple of days. I mean, we got this this WikiHow article that's yeah. got a lot of ways to to bring, really good to get rid of bad luck. Uh, you got you know the classic th- pinch salt over your right shoulder with your left hand. My mother does that. No, she's listening to this right now, so she'll think this is funny. My mom does that multiple times a week. Well, I was telling you, and I'll fill the viewers in, and and John, and everybody, who, and Mendez who's in here. Shout out to Mendez helping us out, staying late. My grandma Yaya, shout out Yaya. I know she's listening to this. She, Can she understand it? She, no, she she knows Yaya. She knows Yaya. My mom's translating to her currently as she's listening to this. She's she's got magic powers. I've spoke about this before, but whenever I get sick or whenever she does her thing, it's it's always with salt. And she just, she says her stuff and she looks you right in the eye. I think we might have to roll Yaya into the city field and start oh, start evilizing yeah. the whole place and start taking some salt and throwing it and giving it to random fans and they have to yeah. you have to eat it out of her hand, which is a little weird. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't even know she'd like that from random fans. Yeah, but she's maybe she's, as long as she knows they're from the Mediterranean. She region. can maybe like take it from her hand, pour it into their hand, and then yeah, they can good. Eat yeah, it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a little more safe. But yeah, like the Eucharist, I th- the, the, the salt is definitely something we gotta start 
start doing a little bit of on here. We could get Kyrie Irving in here, light some sage. Yeah, lights definitely Just need kill, some sage. Kill the vibes. That's possible. You know, Actually, where do you I buy? Think where do you buy sage? I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's true. You live in Brooklyn. I can You'll find be able to sage. find sage. I can find sage within 20 minutes. If anyone breaks a mirror, remember don't throw away the pieces. No, do not. Do not do that. Well, how do you dispose of broken mirror? You don't worry about it. Can't <laughs> worry about it. Uh, incense. Anybody got incense at home? Uh, just just light up a, a little incense. Carry around protective charms. Yeah. Maybe some crystals, four-leaf clover, a horseshoe, a I, rabbit foot. I like the crystals. The crystals Crystals I, are a little crazy. If 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 things don't go according to plan this weekend, there's a non-zero chance that I, I, there's some crystals in the building next week. Here's a good one. Here's a good one that I think... Energy crystals. Here's yeah. a good one that we'll I think call Danica Patrick. everybody could do, though. Do a good deed. Yeah. Do a good deed. Nice. It's the best way to change your okay. luck. Do a good deed. Do something nice for somebody. Help some out. Help an old man across the street. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, I like this one too. Cleanse your chakras with fresh flowers. If you guys aren't doing that, you're really missing out. Apparently, you have to make like a hot water soup and put some flowers in there and then drink the soup. Now, I don't know if that's safe. It's to bring the basin into the bathroom. Well, I can't. The, the, wor basin. the word basin. Basin's like a natural word. <laughs> Use a washcloth to bathe in the flower energized water. I think we're starting to get a little yeah. crazy here. Here's a good one. Declutter your home. Yeah. Spend spend an afternoon this weekend. Just, you know, clean it up. You hear about sprinkling? Do some fall cleaning. Yeah, just some like fall cleaning. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Spring. Clean something out. Use the Saturday morning, 10 a.m., clean a shelf. Clean a drawer. Clean the drunk drawer out. The power of light. This says try this turning on all the lights in your house and lighting candles so there are no dark spots for Perfect. bad energy to yeah. hide in. I mean, that's huge. That sounds like a good one to me. We, 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 can we do that in the field, do you think? How many spots are dark energy hide? A lot of crevices here, just, huh? I know the lights take like a few minutes to turn on, but yeah. I, yeah. I think we could just keep them on for like 24 hours. Yeah, yeah I mean, we could probably talk to ballpark ops. Yeah, tell yeah. Steve, right? Yeah. Maybe he'd be down. Um, Anything for the team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, we, if, we, if we told management like only a couple, a couple grand to get rid of all the bad luck, that's the best investment I've ever heard. I, I think Buck would be all in on that, 100%. <laughs> Travel to another country, this, that one might be tough. This one's harder. This that one's might harder. Be tough. Maybe if we have any you know, listeners of the show, you know, we, we were the number one baseball podcast, Trinidad Tobago, for a long time. Yeah. If you're anywhere close to a border, hop over for like the, the afternoon. Canadian fans, come 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 catch a game this weekend. Yeah, maybe if you're if you're close again, like if you're close, maybe Texas listeners, just cross some kind of a border if you can. If if anyone's in Europe, anyone listening to this in Europe, 
do whatever you can to cross the border. That's a quick train ride for you. Yeah. Just just hit this up. Well, I'll, I'll give you twenty dollars toward the train ticket. And Mark a match. Yeah, I'll match. I'll match. And then I got some uh, some other stuff too about good luck superstitions because now we were talking about breaking bad luck. Yeah. Now we need some good luck, some superstitions. Well, now that we cleaned out the energy, we have to bring good energy in. Yes. And uh, you know, there's there's a bunch of different countries that do it different ways. The Greeks and apparently the Danes as well. They throw dishes. They break dishes, which I mean, it's fun. No, it's you, great. Do it the, safely. Is that the Wopa thing? Like from uh, my, my big yeah. fat my big Greek, Greek wedding, wedding of course. Don't, don't, don't stereotype Mark's <laughs> yeah. ancestry here. Yeah, come on, John, please. Unbelievable. Talk about Yaya. You could think you could say anything you want now. <laughs> no, great. but we there is breaking of dishes, and it's fun. Well, also, this is something I was going to start talking about, too, because I'm sure there's also a lot of Mets fans who are dealing with some anger right now. Mm. We know based on, like, if the, the vocal minority on Twitter, where they, whoever they are, we have some also strategies for them. Similar to this, break something. Yeah. Smack something. Throw your old printer that you haven't used in four years on the front lawn. Take a baseball bat you probably haven't used in eight years. Smash the hell out of it. Yeah. Just beat that thing to pieces. Scream into a pillow. Yeah, scream into a pillow. Scream into a pillow. That's a good one. Here's one that I like, and this comes from Spain. Eat a dozen grapes. Easy. And wear red underwear to ring in the new year. Now, I'm going to make an adjustment. I think it's eat a dozen grapes and wear blue underwear. Or orange. Or orange. Blue or orange. And to ring in the new year, I mean, let's be honest, the Mets and the Braves right now, it's, they're, they're 0-0. Yeah. And whoever finishes the best at, towards the end of the year is going to win this division. And you know what everyone says, playoffs, whole new season. Whole new season. So, so I that's think that's that. a great way to ring in time. the new year for these Mets. Eat a dozen grapes, wear blue or orange underwear. I like that one. Yeah, maybe draw, paint, do something artistic, do something, step out of your comfort zone for a little bit. Get Take the anger and channel it somewhere well. A lot of the greatest artists and writers have of the world's history. That's how they got their start. And the Mets have had some players, too, that have been very superstitious, specifically Turk Wendell. Turk Wendell had tons of superstitions. He would eat tons. Of, he would have black licorice on the mound, I believe, during the games, or go out to the mound with black licorice. He made sure he would always brush his teeth and keep his teeth clean whenever he needed it. Love the number 99. Everything he did, number 99 in it. His approach to every batter, batter, his necklace, which was made out of the teeth of the hunted animals that he killed. I mean, the dude <laughs> was a, a one walking too. superstition. It's hunting season. If you guys want to hunt, that's probably not the worst idea either right now. <laughs> we'll make, make a necklace of the teeth. <laughs> like Turk Wendell, do it for Turk. But there's a lot of things that we can do out there. It doesn't have to be all doom and gloom because it's not doom and gloom. No. The Mets are still a very, very good baseball team, but... I agree. There's been some. There's been some bad juju. There's been some bad energy, toxicity. Yeah, a little bit, and we need to change that. So hopefully, you guys take some of these ideas. You use them, Just however you please. You know what? Tweet at us. Maybe send us a picture or video if you do any of these strategies we've given you, and we will. We'll give you a retweet and a shout out. I know someone out there has got crystals. Oh my god, plenty. Yeah. Oh, uh, this one, wow. I like this one a lot too. Ring a bell or a gong. I would, I would love to ring a gong. I think every Met player Could should you get a playoff gong. Yeah, playoff, playoff gong. gong sounds like a pretty good idea. I, I'll probably look into that. I think every player <laughs> should have to ring a gong. Like, give it a good smack. I feel like that would be a good like. Like, Darren, good you should give down. Darren Ruff the biggest mallet that the city of New York has to offer, and let him smash the crap out of a gong. Yeah, Darren Ruff just needs Bang. he needs a little tickle. He needs to smile a little bit. Yeah, just, we, we, we got love, a nice I'd, hit in game three. Hit the ball hard. Too. Hit the ball hard. I'd love to get him on the show. Yes. Uh, we saw what we did to Tomas Nito after our interview hot. dropped with him. Tomas Nito has now hit two home runs on the season. There's only two, but he's been blazing hot. So hopefully, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible, but if we can get in contact with Darren Ruff or any Mets players that are looking to get the Mets up bump, yeah. we are more than happy to speak to them. We, you, can't, you can't hide in the face of good juju. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, team is still in first place. Yes, team is literally in first place. Still right in first now. place. You would have told somebody six months ago, on, well, so what's six months ago? March, March 15th, middle of spring training. You would have said the Mets will be in first place on September 15th with 89 wins. In, in, in position, if you win the division, you're not even going to have to go the wild card round. Second best record in the National League. Yeah. 
You'd say yes, please. So please sign me up for that. All day. All day. It's it's we not did it. even a question. Mission so, accomplished. It stunk. This is bad. This is bad. That's the last we're going to talk about it because the Mets are going to turn around. We've got faith. We're feeling good. You got to believe. You got to believe. That's literally the slogan of this team. I mean, the Mets, they've, they've been through some stuff. They've been through way worse. Oh, way worse with way worse bad. teams. You guys remember Mike Nickius? Oh, Mike Nickius, that's a name. How yeah. about uh, how about Brad Emus? Brad, that's another name. That's another name. I think some other ones. Let's just, John, Car- you, you, name some random Mets players from some bad teams. Carlos Torres. Jason Pridey. Jason oh, Pridey. Andres Torres. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Bird. Manny Acosta. Marlon Bird was nice. Marlon Bird had a good stretch with the Mets, yeah, yeah. but it's the uh, the vibe of Marlon Bird getting his Scott 300 at bat. Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison. Bad Mets team. EY, great guy on some bad Mets teams. Yeah. So Aaron Laffey. Ooh. Uh, Aaron Harang. Aaron Harang. Aaron Harang. That's a good one. Remember Jason Isringhouse in his second stint with the Mets? Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. <sighs> Manny Acosta. You have, uh, who else? There was another one that I was thinking of. There Frank, was... Frank Francisco. <sighs> don't don't bring up Frank Francisco. Don't bring up the next guy. You asked. Don't a- do a- it. A.B.? A- no. John <laughs> Roush? John Roush. Oh. <laughs> a C? Get rid of it. We're done. We're done. No more. No but more. This is, I this have is, more. Oh, you. you this, know, is what, okay. this is what it's been like for most of your guys' lifetimes watching the Mets. And this is what we have now. For ours. I mean, but I'm sure yeah. most of our listenership is similar age to ours. Definitely. Similar range. Definitely. A little older, a little younger. We're kind of in between. We yes. met a nice, like, seven, eight-year-old fan today, which was oh, pretty crazy. So cute. Shout him out. What did you get his name? Didn't get his name. Really? I mean, he's listening, but we got you, man. Great he's to meet you. Rocking the rally cap. You know who you were. You were out in the inning. I love the rally. Yeah. Good move. In left field. Good kid. That's the energy we need. That's the vibes we need right now. So. That being said, that's the end of it. We're not going to talk yes. about the bad juju anymore. Now, remember the bad, appreciate the good. Let's talk about another loss that happened. Well, for me, at least. That would be the estimate. Because James... Big one. Big win for Touched you. Up. That moves you to now... What is the record? 9-7, I believe. 9-7. Uh, 9-7. to, seven. Nine to seven. Well, it's really 10-7, to seven, but John took my win away. In yeah, Cincinnati. sure, sure, False, sure. The fans took it away from you. They voted. The people decided. You, miss, you miswrote that, that poll. You had every opportunity to tweet it as well. <laughs> I, was, I, was not, I was asleep. Yes. <laughs> A rare time where you were sleeping and I was awake. Bizarre. That's, that's weird. But let's talk about the estimate for this one here, John. Uh, what, is, what are we looking at? Um, we're going to look at Francisco Lindor walk-up songs used during the series. But before you guys give your answers, and I didn't give you paper, so I have to hand that over. Yeah, give us a rip of that um, spiral notebook. I just kind of want to follow up on what you guys were saying. Um, the John I, Hour. I think that there's a part of this fan base that, you know, like you said, has, has seen a lot of bad in the past and is scorned. And I feel like there's a lot of this fan base, and you mentioned this, James, before. Fans who were kind of like, see, I told you this is going to happen. Yep. I know someone like that. My cousin Jamie, absolute <laughs> nut job. I have to put my phone on silent. Oh, I have a cousin games. Rob who's been texting me all week about the trade deadline. Yeah, my matters right my now. My uncle George, love him, but he's nuts. My uncle Lou, We've shout you guys out. One. You're all listening. We've all got one, and I was thinking about it, and like, I get it, and I think people act that way to protect themselves. Definitely, sure, hundred percent. And it definitely mirrors their emotional standing in life as well. It's a lot easier. <laughs> Psychologist James, I oh, like it. <laughs> James over here. It's a lot easier to clean chakras, John. To be okay if something bad happens later. If you start not caring now, yeah. Right. And if you expect it, and then if you could say, "I called it," I knew it. You know, something bad is happening. It hurts, but I'm smart. Right. Exactly. I I knew this, and you didn't. Thus, you know, I have the leg up in this situation. Mm-hmm. But deep down, they're not going to be happy. Like we all want the Mets to win. Of course, and if the Mets don't yeah. win, we're all we're all upset. So I think that's where a lot of this comes from. And I said this to you guys earlier. If on September 14th, now it's going to be 15th, 2021, someone came to you and said, hey, this time next year, the Mets will have 89 wins yep. and be a half game up in the division. Would you take that or no? All day. Yes. All day. Mets fan that would say, 
no, it's not good I, enough for me. I feel like you'd be just straight up lying if you but said. John, we're five hundred in the last month. <laughs> it's just sure. missed opportunities. Like sure. every team has their peaks and valleys. Like that's of course. it's, it's a long means. It's one hundred sixty two games, and like we said, like every game matters. Like yeah. this, these games are technically no more valuable than games in, that's on, why, in April. That's why when you guys heard us in April, the, before we were even doing the stuff with the Mets, before we were associated with the team, we were we were talking about how how annoyed we were to lose a game to the Nationals. Yeah, when, like literally the first weekend, the first series of the year because we were like I, I want that game in September yeah like the, all these games matter so it sucks to lose these but like you still have to maintain view of the big picture yes yeah. can't, and can't there's a lot of positives ball. right now Tomas Nito this team has gotten very little uh, production from the catcher spot most yep. of the season they're getting a lot of it right now Pete Alonso's homered three times in his last six games the bullpen 17 innings pitched 28 strikeouts just three walks in the last three games I know a lot of Mets fans are worried about the bullpen the bullpen's been one of the best parts of this team in, in you know the last week yep. during the quote-unquote struggles. So struggle, yeah. We'll get to estimate, but I just wanted to throw that in there. There For are sure. a lot of things about this team that are going well. And look, we're finding out. Starling Marte, damn important player. Really important. Yeah. Damn important player. Really important. And, I mean, like you're even talking about other good things like McNeil. I think you guys flashed on the scoreboard today at one point. 11 for his last 20 on base. Yeah, that is plate correct. appearances. That was up there. Which, like, he's playing such good baseball, too, like, it's really, 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 really easy to put on the blinders and just see losses and just be like ready to to whoop, call it a day. Yeah, really easy. But like we're we're trying our best to keep you guys calm, ground, level headed, and like we said, just get rid of the bad luck. Mm-hmm. Do some of the things we suggested, and I think we're going to be just fine. This team is good. Now, what I think everyone needs to do is go out and get one of these bad boys. Shout, Shout out to the seven, seven line. line, baby. Shout out to the seven line. Shout out to James for hooking me up. A little big on me. This shirt's got wins in it. Um, the Mets win tomorrow. I'm gonna wear it on Friday. Okay. And if they yeah. win on Friday, I'm gonna wear it on Saturday. But will you wash it? I'm not gonna wash That's it. That's right. You no, won't I'm wash it. Like Musk. A, I'm, I'm sounding like I think, a. I think we've I think we've turned you around here, John, a little bit. You are now sounding a little bit superstitious. I am. At least also stitious. sounding very married. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not gonna wash it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes I do laundry. That's a lie. Um, anyway. <laughs> Estimate. I think more just like not caring about your musk. We need paper. We need paper. Paper we and do pencils. Need paper. Um, what I found crazy talking about Tomas Nito had a huge had a huge game today. Seven through nine of the Mets lineup today had eight total bases <laughs> in just game three of the series alone. And See f- what and five in game one. The messed up part about this. The the messed up part about this. Ooh, look at that. Is that I said if I lost, the Mets were gonna have a really good series. Yep, and you yeah. lost, and I got swept. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know what? I jinxed. I jinxed it. I'm sorry, guys. Well, there you go. There's your paper, and the only race closer than the NL East is this race we have unfolding right here. Do you have a utensil to write? I have one pencil. Do you guys not have any writing utensils? Of course, no, not near right. me. Well, this is when I'm well, here. This we is got the Matt only... Mendez once yeah, again Mendes. from downtown. Woo. We were naming random Knicks from the 2014-15 season earlier. Chris today. Duhon, not on the 2014. Okay. Okay. Landry Fields. Not Wilson Chandler. 15. Nope. Oh, he got, he got traded for Melo. Oh, yeah, that was 17 wow. win Derek Fisher coach team. Oh, oh my Tony God. Douglas. No. Not on that team. You're, you're still off an air. Am I like really in the early yeah. 2010s? What am I thinking right now? I'll give I you got... a good one. Alexi Shved. <gasps> wow. Alexi Shved. What about? Farmar? No. Pablo Prigioni. Yes. Okay. That's a good one. I got one. All How right. about this one? A son of a former MLB shortstop. That kind of gives it away. Oh, Shane Larkin. That's, that's correct. Nice. Good one. I got yeah. nothing. I didn't no. know for the longest time. I mean, was. those were kind of dark days, but yeah. Anyway, bright days ahead. Bright days ahead. Bright days ahead. All over for blue and oh, orange. Oh, Ines Cantor. Not twenty fourteen. What 15. the heck? Yeah. Can't get one. Yeah, name. We gotta get, think of one yeah, while we're doing one. the estimate. Yeah, get one. Come on, Mark. I already got one. I, I said Pablo Prichoni. Fourteen fifteen. Fourteen fifteen. First year of college. I'll give you one. I'll give you a clue. Wichita State. 
Oh, come oh. on. Ron, Ron, Ronnie Basketball. Not no. Not, uh, the, the other, guy who the got other shot. Wichita State shocker. Oh. That was a Nick. I got, I got shot. I know. Clay Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. 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 There you go. Now we can move on. There we go. <laughs> Clay Anthony early. All right. The so triangle, baby. For all the Mets fans that have been coming to City Field, especially of late, mm-hmm. you may or may not have noticed that Francisco Lindor has been using a different walk-up song virtually each plate appearance. It's impressive to have and that deep of a library. A deep, deep library of yeah. songs. Flashing lights, Kanye tonight. Making DJ Razor, Michael Castellani, our, uh, the guru, our audio engineer here at City <laughs> Field, making them work. Um, so I figured what better way to, uh, to encompass the Lindor music tracks than leaving it to you guys to tell us. I have a leading question. Yes. What if a song changes, but it comes back later in the series? That's one song. Unique, yeah, song. One song. Unique song. Unique okay. question. I like because SSX Tricky did that this series. Who, who what did SSX Tricky? It's, it's tricky. Rock, I know. Something. I know. Oh, from you said oh, SSX Tricky. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a great video game. Good game. Definitely. All right. Um, so we're. That's a good question. That's fine print. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing to point out. But yes, how many different songs will Francisco Lindor use during this four-game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates? Man, that's a really good question, huh, John? All right, so we got a four-game series against the Pirates. I got to hide my math from James here, big South Carolina guy over here. We do math by hand. Um, <laughs> you know, calculators in South Carolina? No, no, no technology calculators. No, actually, my South? my professors in South Carolina had this weird thing of no calculators, and I was like, "Well, it's, it's bizarre." At, at work, well, they calcul- want you to get it right. Calculators are absolutely the greatest implement for cheating that were ever given to the student. No, not even for like the typing in the answer, like to do like math. No, I know, but the graphing calculators. Oh, oh my you could God. just type in high school. Yeah, you could type out the I used words. To put everything in yeah, there, of course. Same, oh, no, no doubt. There's nothing better. Shout out Westfield. Um, <laughs> all right, I got my number. That's so many. That's so many. There's no way he has this many, but he really does. I mean, I feel like every time we're here together, we go, ah, it's a new yeah. song. All right, I got actually, mine. I got mine too. Nope, I'm changing it. Whoa! No, I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm guy. staying. I'm staying. I'm staying. I got sure? it. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I'm staying. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Bang. All right, I put 15. I put 11. Wow, I oh. was going to go 11. I just, I won with 11 this time, sticking with it. Yeah, that's a similar I, idea. 15. I assume he's going to get about 16 at-bats, and I think 15 different songs could be coming up. No, I think I'm going under that. I think, I think he's going to get hot and stick with a couple songs. Which, I listen, I would love to be wrong about this one. Good. Because if, if Lindor, he's definitely at least a little stitious. Uh, maybe not super. Oh, I think he's pretty stitious. He's definitely a little stitious. That's uh, something to ask him if we ever talk to him. Yeah, if when, we talk to, Fran- we talk yeah, when to we talk to Francisco, we'll make sure we, we so get that answer. quiz the entire team. I'm not quiz, but poll, survey. Yeah. How, like, how, how many guys are actually superstitious how stitious on the field? Are you you got to yeah. imagine that like 75% of the team is. I feel like baseball in baseball particular. Baseball players especially, because baseball is such a weird, like finicky sport. Yeah. Where there's so, many, there's so much downtime that you have to do stuff. And you do have to like somehow rationalize how when you hit the ball 110 miles an hour, you're <laughs> out sometimes and sometimes. Sometimes it goes over the fence. Like you have mentally, you have to be able no. to be like, ah, it's because I didn't wear my socks today. Like, <laughs> otherwise, you're gonna go crazy. I did my buttons from top to bottom, yeah. instead of bottom to top. <sighs> I stepped out on the field with my left foot first. I, oh. I remember I hit the foul line yesterday, and that bad luck actually just took an extra day to set in. Like, Oliver Perez leaping over Why'd the first base line—that's that's a thing, right? Yes. That was a oh yeah, a lot for of sure. Guys, well, yeah, you a can't lot touch, of guys do that. Cannot touch the line going out to the field. Right. That that's on him all. That's like you're yeah, actually struck Giambi by lightning. Golden thong. Nick Swish, yeah, he had the yeah, golden yeah, yeah, thong. Yeah, yeah. Nick Swisher had one also, I believe, that we're not going to say on Nick this, Swisher, family, Nick, this family show. Nick Swisher was begging for good luck. I believe TJ Rivera and the, luck. TJ Rivera and Kevin Ploiecki, Buckeye. I believe, had one as well, which we will not mention. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you Mets fans yeah, yeah. will know the deep cut about what I'm talking about. But uh, when they used to get the crown, they also used to get something else with them. So, <laughs> yeah. 
right. Yeah. You know what? You guys have kind of broken me yeah. into this good luck thing. Definitely. You mentioned the red underwear thing. Well, it's blue now. It's got to be blue. Blue or orange. Right. That was the thing my mom instilled in me growing up. Oh, is, my, your, uh, is your, uh, is your mom, mom Spanish? My mom no. would... I mean, my mom, I know I was listening to this. My mom would have like, like three-fifths of an anxiety attack if we weren't wearing something new on New Year's. New? Really? New, something new. A sock, a shirt, underwear. Had, you have to have something new on your person. She'll corroborate this, too. If you guys yeah. ever, uh, Mark, Mark will see her soon. John, I'm sure you'll meet her sometime eventually. I'd love you to. could ask her. Be like, what would happen if someone wasn't wearing anything new on your end? And you want to hear another one, New Year's. New Year's is a very big deal in my family. I've spent maybe two New Year's ever apart from my core family. Really? Not, not a holiday I've ever gone out for. Well, you, Paisan. But, yeah. Well, you did it for uh, 2021, right? At our apartment? We had the yeah, big that party? One, that was one of the two. Wow. Yeah, I was a part of it. Nice. Yes. But, um, yeah, because also moving out of the apartment, that was a whole big thing. So that of was course. Also new, you know, new beginnings. New beginnings. You have to have lentils. My lentils. mom, lentils. At the stroke of midnight... Because we always had New Year's parties at our houses in New Jersey. You have to give every single person, like, a shot of lentils. A shot of I, lentils? When they, also, last year, I spent, like, half of it at a friend's house, half of it at my mom's, like, friends, like, very close friends. My mom sent me out with lentils to heat up and give to people at the stroke of midnight. What's the significance of the lentils? You, 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 you would have to tell me. But it's my mom, right. my mom, it's my mom's, like, thing. There's, I would love to talk. I met Mr. Shiano last night, and yep. he was a, a gentleman. He is a gentleman. Uh, of course, had a, a scholar. I actually brought him in here without you after. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, laughed yeah, and brought yeah. him in here. We were I chatting. I went to get food. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to meet Mr. Shiano and ask about the lentils. That's, yeah. I've never heard that one. I was forced to wear red. My mom is like, you got to be wearing a stitch of red huh. at all times, especially on big days. I'll never forget. A stitch of red. Day of my bar mitzvah, at least a stitch of red. Day of my bar mitzvah. I would love mitzvah. the highlight tape of John's bar mitzvah. Yeah. Jonathan Square Garden, great theme. I was um, about to ask what the theme was, and I was like, it has to be hockey-related. I came out on the dancer's shoulders wearing my Ranger jersey. Duh, anyway. Let's go. Uh, I wasn't wearing anything red, and she had a conniption in the morning. Like, <laughs> you know, she's getting ready. My sisters are getting ready. She asks me. How many sisters? I have twin sisters. They're 28 or 9, and they'll be here on uh, Saturday. So if nice. you guys are around, mm -hmm. I'd love to introduce you. You won't be here. Okay? I doubt it. Yeah, no. Too we'll much. figure something else out. But anyway, <laughs> I wasn't wearing anything red. My mom melted down on me <laughs> and then i had to go put on i think it was red boxers and i had to wear them same thing for my wedding day yeah yeah the, red wow. red all day so the two times you became a man yeah that's <laughs> that's true <laughs> some some might argue complete job yet but <laughs> as he has a voice crack <laughs> no yeah we're, we're absolutely pulling john away from manhood <laughs> i the greeks we have this bread and i i don't necessarily remember what it's called but it's this bread that has like a coin in it that, and that sounds unsanitary. No, it's it's wrapped in aluminum foil, the coin. You Less bake sanitary. it in the bread, and you have to spin it <laughs> like around a certain amount of times. And this is a thing. You spin around a certain amount of times, and then you make cuts in it based on how many people are there, as well as one cut for the house. Yeah. So we always do that, and whoever gets the coin, that's like, that's the good luck. I, I always get the coin. When I was at the game yesterday, Tuesday night, with my dad, we kept changing seats like every two innings just yeah. to change the luck. Got to move, got to move, gotta change around. We tried today, too. Yeah, we did try. We took a walk, didn't yeah. help. The visiting Spanish radio booth was not lucky for us. No. But, but a comfortable place to watch a game. Great place. Although my window would not stay open, so I got a popcorn <laughs> box from the media room and used it to prop the window open, which I was shocked that it had the structural integrity to handle the window. I was able to get lots of work done there. I'd love to just sit there like all day and like do spot. some of my other job and then do this. It's great. Yeah. But uh, right. I think that's probably enough for superstition talk. We did tweet out that we want to do a mailbag with you guys. We haven't done one in a while. Maybe take two. Take a couple questions for you. First one, let's start it off here. This comes from Terp17TV. Shout, Shout out, out Dave. Dave, personal friend. This one's more of a fun dig at our other friend, Ernie. Can the Mets' losses be tied to a certain Venezuelan who has a big string of losses attached to him when he's attending games? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Quick, we, yeah, quick yes. We mentioned it a couple episodes ago. We've converted our friend Ernie, who's the biggest Jonathan VR fan on earth. Everybody yep. follow. 
subtape underscore talking about Jonathan VR. He's really heartbroken. He's not really playing right now. So maybe try to cheer him up with some VR highlights. One of the few VR jerseys I've ever seen. Yeah, literally. And he has a Guillermo major jersey too, which he sports proudly. But he was only a Marlins fan because of Miguel Cabrera when he was a kid because he was born in Venezuela. Then Cabrera wasn't there. He lost connection with the team for the last like decade plus. Kind of hung on to the team for the last few years because he really thought they were making positive strides. These last couple months have broken him, especially the uh, DFA of Jesus Aguilar, fellow, <laughs> another fellow Venezuelan. So he said he was done. He renounced his fandom. He's been coming to Mets games with us for two full years now. Coming, yeah. He's been like 20 games a year. Like He's really into a Guillermo jersey, VR jersey. We told him if he came before September 1st, he'd be playoff eligible. He has almost entirely jinxed this Almost, team. yeah, almost. Yeah, we're, we're getting ready to renounce his fandom. This, push, him off the, push him off the ledge. Ernie, we love you, but we got to do what we got to do sometimes. Yeah. We got another question here from Richie Dordas, longtime listener. Shout out to you, Richie. We haven't talked to you in a while, so let's take your question. What would your suggestion be to spark the lineup? Mine would be to bat Alonzo second. It seemed like the offense found something when he was in the spot. No stats to back it up, just eye test. James? Um, I think a big problem with the lineup right now is that, just again, everyone's saying it, you're not getting that much production out of the DH. Daniel Vogelbeck doesn't have extra base hits since the Yankee series. Coincidentally, that's the exact same game. He pulled up lame and seems to have a lower body issue. Just seems like he probably get a spark there. So maybe something they were doing, I believe, in the Pittsburgh series, and the bats actually got hot in the Marlins series too. Move the DH down the order, put McNeil as well. I do put McNeil and Canna in the middle of the order. Mm-hmm. Just kind of stack your best hitters, bang, 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 one through five. Get as much production as you can out of those guys. And bottom of the order is hot, that turns it over to them again. Yeah, I'm with you. I do like the idea of Alonzo hitting second, but I really do think with the way the team is now without Marte, I like, I like Lindor or Alonzo second. My take always is that put your best hitters as close to top of lineup as possible. McNeil would be my two, in my opinion. Yeah, so McNeil two, Lindor three, Alonzo four. Yeah. And then can of five. Can of five. Can of five. And then you figure out who's hot at the time. Yeah. He's six. Even Escobar is hitting so well right now. Yeah. And Naquin too. Naquin's been swinging yeah, the bat especially better. Especially against late. the righties. Naquin, yeah. Naquin can hit anybody. There are a lot of guys hitting in this lineup right now. And even in the series. I know. It's just like not at the same time. It's right. weird. It's like you can't, we can't get congruent hot streaks for the last two weeks. Yeah. Right. But they, one guy or the other. Early in the, ser- in the Cubs series especially, like game one, they loaded the bases with no outs. Yeah. That hit didn't come, but, you know. The first the first inning game too. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. The they Pete put stuff. runners on mm-hmm. and, you know. Just that weird play where Nimmo was called out for getting a ball hit by him, but the bylaw actually yes. states that if there's not a defender that you're taking away from the play, you actually should not be called out. Which I didn't know, but now yeah. that you, when you explained it to me, it actually made a lot more sense. No, Wayne, Wayne pointed it out because there's no reason that it's just. Yeah, because I was always like, no, whenever you get yeah. hit, and it's like, well, because you probably are. In front, in front of someone of, making but there a play. Was no one there. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That was a weird one. But, but yeah, it's just been like a weird. It was a weird series. Even, there's so many guys on base. So so yeah. many guys left on base. So many double plays. It was just yeah. weird. The, it just wasn't falling our way. And yeah. eventually it does. The Miami series. They scored 20 runs over the last two games. The Pittsburgh yeah. series. Not big offensive output. This team is going to be fine. Probably, you yeah, know. For sure. The hit falling in this series. It Definitely. It's a long season. Long season. I mean, to bring up another one, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but this comes from Anthony Viola. The offense has been an issue since Marte has left. He also felt like the pitching maybe hasn't held up as much. Got to realize the offense can't score seven runs every single game when the pitching gives up five or six. Don't you agree? And to that, I would say the pitching relatively up until this series, I feel like has been pretty solid. I mean, Bassett has like what, his third bad start of the year. Yeah. DeGrom had his first bad I mean, start. He gave a- Three, it was a quality start. Yeah, three exactly. and it was also like he broke such a record too. Small ball BS, like oh my god. Yeah, he broke a record, I believe, a major league record. Tied the record. Tied the record. Okay, record. Thirty nine starts in a row with three earned runs or fewer. And like Peterson definitely had a bad start today. No, no really way bad. He just he's lost the plate. But the issue with Peterson always is and has been like command. Like the stuff is great. He just struck out the one batter he got out, but just he couldn't find that strike zone. There were a couple borderline calls in the inning too that if he was a guy who was around the strike zone, probably it seemed like he those. probably would have gotten them. What are you gonna do? And then the last question we'll take here comes from Elite Jets Pod. 
Why is McGill going to the bullpen when he returns? I thought he was a really good starter. Just can't see him being limited to a few innings per appearance. And James, you're, you're the guy who's been also always saying McGill's going to be great yeah. out of the bullpen. I'm going to let you take this. It just seemed like that McGill is significantly more effective when he's able to sustain that high 90s velocity. And even when he was going really well in the beginning of the year, by the time he got around the order, like second or third time, that velocity was going from 98, 99 to 95, 96. His fastball is getting hit harder. His command of it was very good, but also the secondary still didn't get to the point where they were like really, really, really good enough for guys to see him three times and kind of still be caught off guard. I still do think he has long term, tons of long term potential for as sure. a starter. And I think you're going to see him develop as a starter through spring training in the offseason, especially given the uh, all the impending free agents this Mets rotation does have. But I do think now in this immediate window, getting a, another high leverage reliever, a guy who could throw 99 to 100 miles an hour, and also just because when McGill tried to come back to starter a few months ago, he immediately went back on the shelf. It yeah. just seems like he shouldn't be pushing it that hard immediately. Also, just because that's not where the Mets' holes are right now. The Mets still have four starters going through this rotation every single week who are extremely, extremely reliable with Max Scherzer due back anytime now. He had a very good rehab stint for Syracuse yes. on Wednesday night. So I don't think starting pitching is even close to the Mets' biggest issue right now. My one really negative cousin has been saying that you only <laughs> started saying this two days ago. They're like, why weren't the Mets in the mix for Castillo? First of all, I don't even Luis think the Castillo. Yeah. I don't even think the Mets had a prospect package that could have matched Give what Edwin what Arroyo the New York gave team. Up. That would, yeah. Literally, it's like two top fifty prospects. Like I don't think the Mets. I mean, unless the Mets want to trade literally Alvarez and Beatty, they couldn't have done that. It would have been foolish. I, I mean, that that's neither here nor there. But just that starting pitching isn't really the issue right now. I think the issue is making sure that you have a healthy Tyler McGill in October. Yeah, and so give him one inning at a time. Give him 15, 20 pitches. Maybe he can work up to thirty. Be a bulk guy. Be an yeah. opener. That's the guy we we're actually talking about pre-show. Where if you need someone. We're talking about how good Trevor Williams has been coming out of the bullpen for these medium stints, these three to four inning stints. And it seems like that might be the best spot for him is for sure. to follow up. success in that role. Yeah, yes. to follow up after an opener. So, And we were talking about that the Mets kind of lack that reliever who's good enough to get through the top of the team's order comfortably, but not so great that you'd be scared to burn him early instead of burning him late, like having him open a game, pitch the like, first two innings. Like Edwin Diaz would be the best opener in baseball, yeah, but then but you don't have him the in the ninth closer, inning. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ryan Stanek was famous for doing this in Tampa Bay because he throws gas and he's great. Tyler McGill could really be the Stanek. Yeah. Come in for two innings, throw 30-something pitches, blow 99-mile-an-hour fastballs, and dropping sliders out of these guys. And get awesome. Out. Be sick. Yeah. And he's a very, very different pitcher than Trevor Williams. Yeah, even though they're both righties, which kind of kills strategy a little bit, but just how different those guys are might make that kind of cool. A lot of you guys did chime in with questions. Obviously, we can't get to all of them. We do appreciate you. We're going to try and do more mailbags as the season goes on, especially as we get towards the end of it. But thank you guys, as always, for interacting with us on Twitter. We really do appreciate it. I think we're going to wrap up this episode here by giving you a little preview on the Pirates. We did see Brief. them, what, like last week? Literally a week ago. And this is kind of funny. It's kind of the uh, unstoppable force versus the immovable object. The Pirates have won four games in a row. The Mets have lost three games in a row. The Pirates have not won five games in a row all year. The Mets have not lost four games in a row all year. So I am tempting fate here, but we got, I'm trusting the laws of averages. Yes, something something's going to happen you tomorrow. Beat this team. Or today, technically, when you guys yeah. listen to this on Thursday. No, even today when we're recording it. Yeah, it is midnight. It is 1225. This is, I think, a new record for the latest we've been here. At the park, yeah, I think so, yeah. too. But in terms of recording. As far as matchups go, Thursday night, 720, which is weird. You lose those 10 minutes for the Fox game. Carlos Carrasco versus JT Brubaker. Friday night, 710. Fireworks, DJs? Anything uh, going no on? No fireworks. Yes, DJ. And also, uh, Thursday night's game, pregame, Roberto Clemente. Wow. Ceremony, Ooh. Mets Pirates. It's Roberto Clemente Day around the league. Oh, All nice. players will be wearing twenty one. Cool. Nice. Um, it's obviously fifty nice. years since Roberto Clemente tragically passed. There'll One be of the greatest nice, players of all time. There'll be a nice pregame ceremony before the game, and also a lot of really really cool players back. Uh, Carlos Delgado, oh, Carlos Beltran, nice. Chris Anderson uh, for Mets World will be here. And oh, then let me awesome. ask you this: 
Jimmy Rollins is going to be here. Oh, he won the award, I think, in 2014. You've be kidding me. Jimmy Rollins is going to get booed? Yeah, 100%. Oh, okay, get, get, get I booed. Have, He's going to get things thrown at him. I have to boo Jimmy Rollins. I can't, I can't clap for the guy. Good guy. For sure. I'm sure he does plenty of charity work, but I, I hate his guy. guts. But yeah, he's a, he's a Philly. He'll always Stole be a Philly. David Wright's MVP. Yeah, oh, wrongfully. Like the worst MVP given out in the while. Besides the 1987 NFL MVP, we look back before. Oh, John, yeah. El- John Elway won the 1987 NFL MVP with a 55% completion percentage, 19 passing touchdowns, and 3,500 passing yards. Jerry Rice came in second with 22 receiving touchdowns. <laughs> Significantly better year. Ridiculous. But yeah, those are two of the worst MVPs given out in the last couple of decades. But I didn't, I didn't know that those guys would be there. I, there's a chance I'm there. It's it's tonight. I, I think you said you were going for sure. I, I could I am, but now my dad found someone who could be the third ticket, so uh, I don't have right, to necessarily right, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But also, I want to hang yeah, out. You live right here, yeah. But I, it'll be cool to have a lot of like the Puerto Rican heritage in the ballpark, especially with the big Puerto Rican contingency. From Pudge will be here too. Pudge, nice Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's okay. awesome. Yep. A lot of good baseball players. Very cool. There should, Carlos Delgado should be in the Hall of Fame as well. He should be another part of that Hall of Famer list. Friday night, 7-10, Taiwan Walker versus Mitch Keller. We had a very frustrating outing against Mitch Keller last week where he didn't strike us out. We gave us into a ton of ground balls and found mm-hmm. gloves. He's in, he's in a real groove right now. He's actually p- p- probably pitching the best he ever has in his career. Sick. He's one of those guys who throws 97 miles an hour, and he hopes it goes where he wants it to. Yeah, he doesn't really know where. But that kind of works. Sometimes, yeah. yeah he's Wildly effective. Yeah, and then... Saturday, another night game, weird Saturday night game, Chris Bassett versus Bryce Wilson. We saw we were able to do the Bryce Wilson last week. Looking and our lips there. Sunday matinee, simple man. Got to pack the ballpark for this game. Jacob DeGrom versus Johan Oviedo. I think it's probably going to set the new uh, record for the season. Biggest money line favorite for the Mets. At the Met, Jacob DeGrom keeps starting, uh, keeps breaking start after start. We've lost two of them, so hopefully it's not the same. A little bit of quality Met fans. Not enough people here the last few nights. Yeah, really shockingly empty. Shockingly empty for a team that is in first place in a pennant race, uh, playing the Cubs, who are also like a popular team. I know they're not very good, even well, though they yeah. just swept us. Chicago people, New York. But I would expect it to have been a little more crowded. Uh, shockingly empty. I mean, it wasn't empty. It was still, I think, like 20,000 or so. But you'd think there would be more. So if you're there, come come to the ballpark. Come hang out. Come watch baseball. The Mets are playing some really, really important games. Don't worry about who they're playing. You're here to watch the Mets. They they need some energy from the fans. They definitely need a little bit of energy, and uh, hopefully you guys can help them out with that. Absolutely. Bring the juice. Bring the vibes. Again, this big episode about flushing it out and bringing some good stuff in. Yes. This is the last we want to talk about this. Hopefully the next episode will be all positives because the Mets will have a nice series victory against the Pirates. James, anything else to talk about here before we wrap it up? All I got. Big weekend. All right, guys. You know the drill from here on out. Make sure you follow us on all our social media at Messed Up on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. The YouTube video will be on the New York Mets YouTube channel. Go subscribe over there. And if you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, drop us a rating, a review, download, and subscribe. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. Follow me at Giraffe Nick Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll catch you after the Pirate Series. Peace out. Peace out. See you guys next time. Get up. Get, get up. Get up.